Amen. Good morning, new life. I said good morning. By the way, that's my wife in case you didn't know. I don't, I don't kiss everybody that does the announcements. Can we just welcome everybody watching the service online right now? Yes, good to have them. I know, man, the, the flu's going around, COVID's going around again, all these different variants, and so some people have to watch at home, but praise God for technology, right? Thankful for that, and, uh, but if you can, if it's uh, possible, how I many know it's really good to be in the house of the Lord, and let's just be honest, how many have ever watched the service online? And it's pretty cool, right, but it's not like being here in the house, amen? So no judgment to anybody watching online, God still loves you, just not as much as the people that showed up to church today. By the way, we, I've never seen so much rain in the county. we got a couple more storms coming, and just like, just like the physical rain, how many are believing for a spiritual rain on your lives in 2022? Good. Thank you for the 13 people that clapped for that. That's awesome. Amen. Hey, can I start? Is it okay to start with a joke on? Come on, let's vote. Doesn't matter. I'm doing it anyhow. All right, you got you to listen. Ready? So a man took his entire family to Israel for a tour of the Holy Land. While on the tour, his mother-in-law, keyword mother-in-law, suddenly passed away. So not knowing what to do, he went to the local temple to talk to the priest. The priest said, well, many people want to be buried in Israel, and they can, we can do a wonderful service for only $500. But if you don't like that idea, you can always f fly her back to the States, bury her there. But you know that will cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. So the son-in-law thought about it for a moment. He says, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and fly her back to the States, my mother-in-law. And the priest said, well, I'm just curious, why would you do that? And the son-in-law said, well, with the history of resurrections in this country, I can't afford to take the chance. Some of you still haven't got it. That's bad. That's bad. All right, let's get into the word. How many brought your Bible? Let me see. Come on, I better get mine. I got mine. Come on, Bible's up. By the way, do you know this is a BYOB church? Bring your own Bible? What did you think I was talking about? Come on, Bible's up in the air. Amen. I, how many love the word of God? In fact, that's what I'm going to talk about today. I want to make it easy on you. Would you grab your Bible, turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus uh, chapter 16, hold your space there. Exodus is the second book in the Bible. Exodus chapter 16, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 and then about 14 through 20 in just a little bit. But uh, Exodus chapter 16, if you're watching online, grab your Bible there. Um, and if you've got Exodus chapter 16, give me a loud amen in the house. And I just want to confess before we start preaching, if I just get your attention, attention, por favor. That white guy can speak some Spanish. Um, so I just want to be honest. I'm going to have a hard time uh, getting through the sermon. And it's because, uh, well, let me, let me just back up. From any, Maybe you can witness from Thanksgiving to Christmas. I can't remember ever eating so much food in those four or five weeks. But don't leave me up here on the stage. Anybody else? I mean, it was, and it just started, it started at Thanksgiving, and uh, I did two turkeys, and, um, and we just had all kinds of sides and mac and cheese and all this stuff, and it was just like one thing after another, and then people in the church are just so kind, and they're dropping off tamales, and it was just like tamales, and then Christmas Eve, we just did a bunch of different soups, and uh, Christmas Day, I cooked pulled pork and barbecue ribs on the Traeger. 
How many are hungry right now? So I, it's like I was eating so much, and, and so Thanksgiving turned into Christmas, and I'm just like, man, I ate so much. And then even after Christmas, we were, we were off for a week. And last Sunday night, my daughter and I, pretty much every Sunday night, uh, Lord willing, we go to Taco Bell, and it was just like a couple crunchy tacos, a chalupa, a Mexican pizza, a bean burrito. So that, that was Sunday night. We went to we went to Cold Stones after that on Sunday night. Woke up Monday. It was just more of the same lasagna, pasta. It was just like one thing after another. And about like Wednesday night, I was just like, I'm done. And then on Thursday, I woke up and uh, and I said, Well, maybe I'm not done. So we went to hometown buffet. And then uh, after Hometown Buffet on Thursday night, I'm, I was craving a Tommy's burger. So I just went, my, my wife and daughter didn't want to go, so I went to Tommy's by myself. I got two chili cheese Tommy's burgers, don't judge me, and a chili fry. And then I was just like, ugh. And then uh, that was Thursday. Thursday night, went to All You Could Eat Sushi. And I was just like dynamite roll, California roll. They literally carried me out of the restaurant, plopped me into the car. I was just like so full from the last four or five weeks. And so I woke up on Friday and I was just like, I was just full. I didn't eat breakfast on Friday, lunch on Friday. Tammy said, what do you want to do on Friday night? I'm like, I'm just too full to eat. So I didn't eat all day Friday. That's a miracle. It's never happened. Yesterday I woke up, my son and another guy in the church, we went on a bike ride. I got back about noon and just ran some errands and just busy all day long. So I didn't eat breakfast or lunch on Saturday. And when it came to last night, I was just like, I can't, I can't eat anymore. I'm just like full. So think about this. No breakfast, lunch, or dinner on Friday or Saturday. I woke up today and uh, I just had a cup of coffee and kind of rushed to get here. So I haven't eaten since Thursday night. So this is going to be a hard message to preach right now. How many believe that was not true at all? Okay. <laughs> Okay, the Thanksgiving to Christmas was true, but the last three days wasn't true. And uh, you know what? That wasn't true for my life for the last three days. But you know, that, that was true for a lot of people in the room, a lot of people watching online. That for me, for me, it, it wasn't true that I haven't eaten since Thursday night. But it was true for a lot of people that maybe you came to the Christmas Eve service and you came to the service with your family and I preached the message and you took notes and you said amen. But the last time you got into the word of God, see you were having fun with the illustration until I got there. But the last time you ate spiritually was on Christmas Eve, December 24th. And here we are eight, nine, ten days later and you haven't eaten since then. Ouch. Everyone say ouch. By the way, uh, I'm kicking off a brand new series. I don't know how long it's going to last. In fact, I was backstage as Tammy was up here doing the announcements, and I, I thought of a, a couple more topics that I can bring. But the title of the series is Essentials. Everyone say that out loud. So I just want to talk about, I don't know if it's going to be four or five or six weeks. Uh, we'll see what the Lord does. But these are like the essential things that you and I need to be about, not just in 2023, but from 2023 and beyond, this is like muy importante. These are like, like I got to be about these things. And so today I want to first talk about the importance of the word of God, the importance of the word of God. So thank you. We got one person that clapped about that, the importance of the word of God. And I want you to write down a, a couple things. Here, here's three things out of the text, and we're going to get to the text in a second. But I want you to, first of all, write down this first thing about the word of God. Here it is coming up on the screen. Point number one. The word of God is available in abundance. It's available in abundance. God's word is available in abundance. So we, we interviewed uh, 100 people and the top four answers were on the board to this question. Hey, how do you, how do you view the word of God? Uh, number four was, well, the word of God is just a bunch of stories. 
How many have ever heard that? It's just about just like, come on, man, like Noah's Ark. How in the world can Noah get two kinds of animals of every kind onto the ark? Seems kind of like crazy for me. I, like really like Jonah, Jonah, like really like a whale or some big fish swallowed him and he lived inside of a fish for like three days? Do you know that a donkey talked in the Old Testament? Like, what is this, like Pixar entertainment? Like, come on, man, the, the word of God is just a, a bunch of phony uh, stories. So that's number four. Number three was like, the word of God was just written by a bunch of men. By the way, do you know that the word of God was actually physically written by men? But, but the Bible says that it was actually the Holy Spirit that told uh, the disciples what to write. So some people are like, well, just a bunch of... Just a bunch of made-up stories by a bunch of men that got together. Here's the second thing. The, the Word of God is too, too irrelevant for 2023. Now, we live in a pretty highly sophisticated, high-technology culture. And, man, I don't read parenting books from the 1950s or car manuals from the 1970s. And so, for sure, I'm not going to read a spiritual book from, like, 2,000 years ago as if God is, like, looking down and going, wow, you guys are pretty high-tech high today. I mean, that God never changes. Like Tammy said, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. But some people are like, that's just too old-fashioned. And then some people say, no, the word of God is just filled with a bunch of contradictions. How many have ever heard that? And by the way, if you ever read the word of God and there appears to be a contradiction, it's not that the Bible's contradicting itself, it's that we are not understanding it correctly. So the, the word of God does not contradict itself. So, but when you talk to people, you kind of hear those popular things. And so let's get into the word. You ready? Exodus chapter 16, look at verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt in the desert, the whole community, what did they do? And you see this all over the Old Testament. God does a miracle and then... They kind of get ticked off. They start grumbling and whining. And then God does another miracle and they start grumbling and whining. And in fact, they were in Egypt, right, for 400 years. And then Exodus 15 is it's just a song of victory that God got them out of the, uh, uh, Egypt into, uh, through the Red Sea. And then they come to ex end of Exodus 15. They start whining about bitter water. And then this, this goes on all the just. And how I many we have a tendency to do the same? How about this? I have the tendency to do the same. I thought you'd say amen to that, right? And so let's just go, they just keep whining and grumbling. And um, verse 3 says, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Notice this. There we sat around pots of meat and ate uh, all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out here into the desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Question. Did they, <laughs> did, I, I read verse 3 and I'm like, what? All of God's people said, what, what are you talking about? You sat in the desert and ate unlimited meat. Yeah, we just sat around with barbecue. It was just like all the ribs, all the pulled pork, all the tri-tip. What are you talking about? You never did that. What were they in Egypt? Slaves. When's the last time you saw a bunch of slaves sitting around an unlimited wood ranch barbecue? That was not the case. But how many know that, that after God does something powerful in our life, we forget and we complain and we say, well, the good old days. And here they are, the good old days. And so verse 4 says, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. So it says, I'm going to rain down bread. Let me just ask you a question. 
you hear the phrase rain down, let's vote. Rain down means like a little or rain down means like a lot. Go ahead and vote. Let me see. Let me see. That's a lot. Like raining down, like it's a downpour. And that's it. That the word of God, I'm going to know, the word of God is available in abundance. The, 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 the word bread in the Bible is a picture of God's sufficiency. Tammy quoted the verse, Ephesians 3.20. God says, I can do all, or, or he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can what? Ask or think. Think about, can you ask about, I mean, I can think about some big things that I can, and God says I can do above and beyond that. So he says, no, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven. I can do more than you'll ever need. How many know that this book right here that I hold in my hand? provides the sufficiency for everything that you and I need in our lives. No, listen, how many know, as I just look in the front row, there's gonna be a lot of needs in the front, all these people in the front row in 2023. Some of you might need a new job, some of you might need a new career, you might need more money, you might need health, you might need insurance, you might need a car to drive, you might need a spouse. Do you think God's just like, I got enough for Pastor Philip and Danita, but I don't know about the rest of these people in the front row. Or is the word of God sufficient for every need that, that we have in our church? How many believe that God's word is sufficient? So the word of God, it's available. Someone say it's available in abundance. Check out verse 18. Look at verse 18 really quick. Exodus 16, 18. We good? The Bible says, and when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. So check it out. If you, have, if you have a lot of need this year in 2023, God says, I'll meet that need. You're like, you know what? I'm actually doing pretty good on my job. Finances are okay. Health is pretty good. I don't need a lot. I just need a little bit. God's like, I'll, I'll meet your little need. So all the Israelites, if you had a great need or a small need or anything in between, God's word was sufficient. You know, when he did the miracle of the feeding of the 4,000 and the 5,000. How many know there were, were 4,000 people and 5,000 people? Some people believe there was up to 20,000 people when you included women and children. But listen, in both miracles, not only did every person at the place get their need met, but how many know in both stories, there were leftovers. That's God, he's more than enough. Listen, I don't know what you're gonna need in 2023 and beyond but the word of God will meet every need. He's not like, hey, I've got limited stock in 2023. I just got a ration for you. I mean, God's got more than enough. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and encourage them and say, God's got more than enough. God's got more than enough. The word of God is available in abundance. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 25, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children begging for bread. And listen, I'm not just talking about physical needs and material needs. And some of you might need that. You might need a better job. You might need a promotion. You might need a place to stay. I'm talking about that God will provide joy in 2023. God will provide peace for you in 2023. Healing. Anybody need a little wisdom? I believe that God will give some of us wisdom that we, like, we'll make a decision and it'll be just like right on. God answered you. Uh, peace. Direction in 2023. He's more than enough. Just declare it. He's more than enough. One more time, he's more than enough. I love that. You know, the Hebrew name El Shaddai just means that God is more than enough. Now, the young people aren't gonna know this if you're like in your teens or 20s, but when I was your age, we'd go to a restaurant. It used to bug me because you pay $2 for a soda, right? And back in the day, they didn't have free refills. T 
eat it. She's like, what? Yeah, yeah. So you get one soda. You better ration that little sucker. Okay? You get one. And uh, I, I, I don't know who, what, what restaurant started it. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I liked it because I drink a lot of Diet Coke. And you go to a restaurant now, and now it's like three or four bucks. But listen, you can't even, like, it's just all you can drink. You know what I'm talking about? And you, I mean, you, you got six, di- I'm six Diet Cokes in. We haven't even got an appetizer. I've got enough, okay? And that, that's a picture of God. How many know that he has enough? His word is sufficient. I don't know what you're going to go through in 2023. I'm here to tell you that the word of God is available in abundance. Hmm? You know, what's interesting is that um, sometimes I'll preach a message. I'll be in the lobby and people are like, that was so awesome because, uh, Man, what, you, what you're saying about anxiety, and I've just been really stressed a lot lately, and now you were preaching about anxiety. I'm, I'm sitting there going, what are you talking about? I wasn't talking about, I was talking about Daniel in the lion's den. I, had, I didn't even mention anxiety. I didn't quote any verses. That, uh, that's the power of the word of God. So I, I said something, but the Holy Spirit took what I said, and boom, and he met your need. Has that ever happened to you? I, I've had people say, were you reading my mail? No, seriously, Pastor, did my husband call you this week? Because what you said at the pulpit, like that's exactly what we went through. He had to call you. Did she send an email? No, no, no. That's the Holy Spirit taking the word of God and meeting your need. That's the power of the word of God. Number two, here it is, ready? The second thing, and I think it's really important, is the word of God. Listen carefully. It's accessed. It's accessed. Someone say accessed. Personally. Personally. The word of God is accessed. How is it accessed? Personally. Check out verses 13 through 16. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost, it was manna, on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat, okay? Do you have an actual Bible in your hand? And do you have a pen there? That's why I like Bibles, because you can highlight. I want you to underline three words, ready, in verse 16. I'll tell you, ready? This is what the Lord has commanded. I want you to underline the word everyone. This is what the, I just got my Bible like three days ago, and I don't like to, listen, this is just a, it's a book. It's only holy when we take what's written in the word and it gets right here. And more importantly, when it goes from here here to here, and more importantly, at our feet, then we live it out. So it's okay to write in your Bible. Everyone, notice, everyone is to gather as much as, here's the second word, as they need. Take an omer, you don't need to underline that, that just means three pounds, four. The last word is each, underline that. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Everyone, they, each. Let's say those three words together. Ready, go. Everyone, they, raise your hand if you are an everyone, a they, or an each. Everybody should have their hand up, okay? Now, I I read the passage and I thought, isn't there like more creative ways to get the manna to the people of God? Look at me. Is he not all-powerful. How about this? How about every day they wake up like at seven or eight in the morning and Amazon Prime zips their tent open and says, here's your delivery of manna. How many believe God could have done that? Okay, but he didn't do that. How about this? How about like just they, they wake up, they go outside of their tent and there's just like a like pound.
pounds and pounds of manna. How many believe God could have done that, but he didn't do that? Better yet, they could just wake up, and as they kind of wake up, the alarm goes off, there's just like a piece of bread around. <laughs> How many believe God could have, he could do anything, right? But notice, he didn't do it that way. He says, I want everyone, I want each one to go out and collect enough manna for themselves. Now listen, I hope that you come to our church for forever. But for whatever, if you leave our church one day, you move away, you start going into another church, please do me a favor. I said this a, a, a while ago. Please don't ever say the reason why I left New Life is because I wasn't getting fed there. Because listen, it's not my responsibility. I got 35, 40 minutes a week with you to feed you. Listen, when you come, whosoever's up here, I promise you we're going to open up the word of God and we're going to feed you. But it's not our responsibility to feed you. It's your responsibility to feed yourself. Amen. I got to go. God bless you. Huh? I just want you to get fed at that church. No, you weren't feeding yourself. That was the problem there. The word of God is accessed personally. You know what I've discovered about a lot of Christians? They want the benefit of something, but they don't want to put in the work. Like, like I, I sat there during communion, Pastor Philip got up. Did you realize that he probably quoted eight to ten verses? And I'd like to be able to do that. Well, guess what? You think he just walked out here and God gave him nine verses? No. It takes work. Pastor Steve, how did you get so big and buff and swole? It takes time. Just kidding. Right? I, I want to be fit. I want to be big. I want to be in shape, but I don't want to put in the time. I want to be a good student. I want to be a good athlete. I just want somebody to give it to me. Listen to me. I'm going to offend someone. We live in a phenomenon today because I talk to a lot of pastors and business leaders. We live, we, it's a new phenomenon. People want a paycheck without doing any work. It's like, Give me, a, give me an A. You don't deserve an A. I'm not giving it to you. Well, I used to start at the other school I went to. I know, but you're not going to start at this school because you're not good. I'm not just going to give you the starting spot. I'm telling you, I just want to be sensitive. The younger generation today, we want the paycheck. We want the blessing. We want the benefit. We don't want to put in the work. No, it's a process. All the adults said amen. No, no, I talked to business owners. I talked to other senior pastors. It's like, man, the... The young people today, they're just a different breed. And there's exceptions. I'm just, I'm not including, but uh, true or false? I want to be fit this year. Well, you got to work out. There is, I don't care what you see on TV. There's no pill that you can take that you're going to drop 20 or 30 pounds. It's hard work. If you want to start a business, it's hard work. If you want to know the word of God, it's hard work. You got to memorize and meditate and it's accessed Daily, notice this phrase here coming up on the screen from the American Medical Journal. Notice what they say. The health, talking about physical health, the health of America will not be determined by what people get the doctors to do for them. Prescribe me something. Give me some pills. No, but what the doctors can get the people to do for them. The health of New Life Community Church is not what the past, what you can get the pastors and leaders to do for you. No, it's what we can get you to do for yourself. So everyone, they, each one, it's your responsibility in 2023 to dive into the word of God for yourself, to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. I mentioned this. Do you know, I was raised Catholic. And, and you know, by the way, Catholic just means the universal church. So for hundreds of years after Jesus was 
ascended to heaven. The Catholic Church was anybody that was a believer in Jesus Christ. Do you know that in the Catholic Church, the Church Universal, that this book right here was chained on the platform of every church in the world. You know, only had access to the word of God were the priests of the time. They actually literally chained it on the stage. And guess what? In 1440, Gutenberg invented the printing press. You know what the very first book that he printed? Because listen, it was only the priest that had access to the word of God. He says, no, this book is too powerful. So he he printed it out and he made copies. And the word of God started in 1440, started getting in the hands of the ordinary people. You know what? For so many Christians today, the word of God is still chained in the sanctuary. Because we, we've never had more access to the word. There, there's so many different translations. You can have it on your phone, on your computer, on your iPad. I mean, I got every single trend. I got Bibles, man, overload, computer programs. I mean, there, there's a plethora of ways to get in the word of God. But for some of us, we just one time a week on Sunday morning for 35, 40 minutes. I hope Pastor Steve brings it. Better be good. I got a hard week. No, no, no. It's not my job. It's your job. It's access personally. All right, number three. Number three, the word of God is absorbed daily. Daily. How often should I read the word of God? Like daily. Where did you get that? Verse 19 through 20. Then Moses said, no one is to keep any of it until morning. So you go out, you get your manna, you come back. And you eat enough for that day. Don't be stockpiling. No storage units. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until the morning, but it was full of maggots and it began to smell. So anger, uh, Moses was angry with them. Let me just ask you a question. So manna is bread. How many of you inadvertently left a loaf of bread out on the countertop overnight and you forgot to wrap it up? Okay, me too. And what, what happens when you wake up the next day? It's, it's hard. But I've never seen, I've never left bread out on the counter and came back the next morning, there were maggots in it, like in the text. And it was God just saying, no, 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 I gave you instructions. I want you to eat manna every day, just enough for that day. People are like, well, can I read like 30 chapters? Because I'm going to be on vacation for a couple weeks. I'll just read 30 chapters today, and then that will cover me for three weeks. No, you are not a bear. You cannot hibernate, okay? No, he says, I want you to go out and get enough for each each day, he was teaching them a lesson. His grace, his word was sufficient for today. Each morning, someone say each morning. I've said this before, but how many know that habits, habits produce behavior? So I've done this before. How many of you, when your laundry is done and you have like a pair of socks, how many of you fold your socks? Raise your hand, come on, no shame. How many of you don't do that? You roll your, like, to roll. I'm a, I'm a roller, by the way. Roll, roller. Why do you do that? It's a habit. You've always done it. How many of you, when it's time to put on a toilet, the, the toilet paper on the, how many of you like it over? I'm an over too. How many like it under? You do under. Okay, I'll be praying for you. How many, how many overs are married to undies? Okay. So I, I like over, right? How many of you, when the toilet paper is done, you don't change it for the next person? You need to repent because that core is hard, I'm telling you. Hey, P 
peanut butter and jelly. How many of you put peanut butter on one piece of bread, jelly on the other, and the two will meet? Me too. Yes. Real Christians right there. How many of you put peanut butter and jelly on one piece of bread and then mash it together, okay? We'll pray for you. So why? why? But why? Because you've, you've just always done it. Maybe your parents taught you that. that you've always, it's a habit. How many of you bite your fingernails? It's a habit. How many of you bite your toenails? It's okay, no judgment, just use mouthwash after you're done. No, but but why, do we, why do we do all these things? They're habits, habits. I have to get in the habit, look at me, I get in the habit of reading the word of God every other day. And listen, listen, look right into my eyes. If you miss a day, there's no judgment. You think God's in heaven going, you made a promise on January 1st and here we are on the, you missed, he doesn't. No, there's no judgment. There's no condemnation. If you miss a day or two or three, just pick up on the next day and get after it. No, honestly, how many have ever been so busy at work? You just like I was so I didn't have time to eat lunch. So what did you do? You didn't like. Well, I'm never eating again. That's it. Nope. No, you ate twice as much at dinner time. Okay. So listen, no condemnation in here, but it needs to happen every single day. Check this out. You can only, you can celebrate God in a crowd. You only get to really know God one-on-one. So let's just imagine this year, like, I want to start being a really good tennis player. Tennis, man. So you go to Ventura College and you sign up for their tennis class. Sign up for tennis class, it's a semester long, and I don't know, there's 50 other students in there. And I mean, at the end of four or five months, you'd probably be a better tennis player, Right? four or five months in a, in a group class. But what if, what if Serena Williams called you tomorrow and said, hey, I heard you want to get better at tennis this year. You're like, yeah. She goes, I don't know, just the Lord put it on my heart. I want to give you a private lesson every single day for an hour for free. And so you started doing private lessons with Serena Williams. I mean, after four, let me just ask you the question. If you were to take the VC tennis class four or five months, you'd get a little better, wouldn't you? But how much more awesome would you be of a tennis player if Serena Williams gave you private tutoring lessons one hour every day? You think you'd be better in the private lessons or the group class? Now listen, Jesus Christ wants to personally mentor you every day for an hour. And you know what we do? Instead, we're like, I'm going to do the group class on Sunday morning. He's like, no, I want to personally mentor you every day for an hour. Oh, he's a group class pastor. No, I, I, I want the private lesson with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Holy Spirit. Anybody else out there? So it's got to be absorbed daily, personally. You're like, well, give me some practical things. Well, just a couple things. Number one, I got to pick it up. Duh. All of God's people say, duh. Like it doesn't do me any good if it just sits on the coffee table all week. I know it looks really spiritual when you pull up to work and it's on the dashboard, big NKJ, it's like 18 you know, inches thick, but it doesn't do any good on the dashboard. I got to pick it up. And how often? Every day. Every day I got to get in the word of God. I got to pick it up. Someone say, you got to pick it up. By the way, I've used the illustration before, but if in the middle of the night you went to bed and I broke into your house and uh, stole your television, how long would it take for you to discover your TV's gone? Some of you, you would, it would be like the first thing you're like, what happened? Others, it might be a day or two. How about 
if you woke up and I hijacked your car, how long would it take you for you to realize your car's gone? Probably like by 7.30 in the morning when you got to pull out to go to work, gone. How about your phone? All the teenagers, they'd be like, two and a half seconds. In fact, where is it right now? Where, where is it? Be like, car, 10 minutes. TV, few hours. Phone, two seconds. What if I snuck in tonight and stole your Bible? Hold on. Question number one, would I be able to find it? Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to go underneath my bed, and, and I, I keep it under, I think I keep it under there. And You are that this this it has to be an essential priority in our life. And the first thing I gotta do is like pick it up and I gotta do it every day. Another thing I have to you have to have a plan. How many of you are trying to lose some weight in 2023? Let's be honest, no judgment. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how's it gonna happen? You have to have a plan. Again, you, you just can't go to the doctor and pop pills. You're not going to lose weight. I have a plan. I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to do, do cardio on Monday and Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to lift weights on Tuesday and Thursday. I'm going to play pickleball, whatever it is. I'm going to go on a walk. You have to have a plan. If you're going to start a business, you have to have a plan. If you're going on a business trip or a vacation, you have to have a, yeah, I'm going to get up at 7 o'clock, drive down to LAX. I'm going to check my car in there. I'm going to take the shuttle over. Stop in Dallas. I got one stop in Dallas. Uh, I'm going to be there for an hour and a half. We're going to arrive in Miami, Florida. I'm going to be in Florida for that. I'm going to check into this hotel at the West End. You got to have a plan. You don't just wait. Oh, it's a business trip. No, you have to have a plan. I mean, there are so many plans. You can, I would just say if you're new to the Bible, just start small, but start tomorrow. Okay, I, I mentioned on Wednesday night, men, we're really good at this. Lose some weight this year. Cool. What are you going to do? I'm going to run a marathon on Saturday. <laughs> you haven't ran in two decades. You're not going to run a marathon. Just start with walking around the couch once a day. And then two times the next day. And then three. Just start small, but start now. So tomorrow, I, if you've never got into the Word of God, get a Bible out in the bookstore and just read one chapter a day. And I would, I would say start in the book of John, John chapter 1 tomorrow. And then John chapter 2 and John chapter 3 and John chapter 4. But there's so many different plans. You can read through the New Testament this year. You can read through the entire Bible. There's so many different plans reading through the entire Bible. My wife's reading through it chronologically right now. 
You have to have a plan. You got to have a plan. So pick it up and have a what? Have a plan. You're like, when should I read? Let me ask you a question. How many of you are morning people? That's why you're at the first service. 5.30, no alarm. 6 o'clock. You're just like Ralph, morning person. 5 o'clock. Why? Because he's getting old. Just kidding. So how, how many are morning people? Ready? When should I read? In the morning, because that's when you're at your best. Do, do you believe that God deserves our very best? So let's give him our best time. If you're morning, how many of your evening people raise your hand? So I would say do your devotions at night. How many of you are neither? You sleep like 18 hours a day. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. So no, read when you're at your very best. It could be morning, it could be afternoon. And then what should I read? I just said, just start reading the New Testament. Listen, do not start in the book of Leviticus. Okay? Don't start in like Numbers or even Deuteronomy or Ezekiel. You might lose your salvation. So if you're new, just like start, start in the New Testament, start in the Gospels. The book of John is probably the most easily uh, understood book. Start Start in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, start in the book of Acts. It's the story of the church, but read something. You're like, Pastor Stephen, I'm kind of convicted, and uh, this is good. By the way, this is just stuff that I preached before. It's just, it's good to be reminded of it, you know what? If you're like, you know what, i got to be honest with you. There, like a year ago, two years ago, five years, I was like, I was deep into the word. I was reading it all the time. and I don't know if I'd say this out loud, Pastor Stephen, but I, I've lost... I gotta be honest, I've lost my appetite for the word of God. What should I do? Force feed yourself. Like when the alarm goes off at five and you have to be at the gym at 5.30, are you like, hallelujah? There's like pixie dust coming out and God's like, wake up my daughter. No, most of the time you're like, oh. I gotta be honest, our alarm went off this morning. I was like, oh. I wish I could call in sick, but my wife said, no, you're the pastor. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like working out. I don't know if maybe one out of every 25 times I feel like working out. True? You got to force yourself to do it. That's called discipline. So I, I kind of lost my appetite. Well, force feed yourself. That's what they do at the hospital. People won't eat. They stick a tube down you and they force feed you. Here's the second thing I say. I used to be fired up about God's word. I lost my appetite. Stop eating junk food. Have you ever been to Yolanda's? This is us, Yolanda's, Lalo's. 18 baskets of chips. I love chips and salsa. The meal comes, you're like, ugh. My wife and I share, every, every, every Mexican we share because we know 32 baskets of chips, right? And you eat so much blooming onion, right? You're like, oh, that sounds good. Blooming onion, and then the meal comes, you're like, oh, I'm not even in the mood to eat. And we wonder why we have no appetite for the word of God, because we spend too much time on television, too much time on our computer, too much time playing video games, too much time on social media. You want to do something really convicting later? Pull your phone out and look at your screen time. Like two hours and 45 minutes. I know, I didn't have time to read today. You're on Instagram for an hour today.
time to read today. That's the lamest excuse. And I've used it. It's a bad excuse. Pick it up. Have a plan. Force feed yourself. Tomorrow, look, I just want to say this. I'm going to pray. Get out of your way. I want, I want to fire it up about the word of God. All right, here's the promise. Ready? Tomorrow, here comes the distractions. You're like, okay, I'm going to get up early. Six o'clock. I usually get up at six or six o'clock. Get along with God. Got my Bible open. I'm going to start in the book of John, like Pastor Steve said. And I'll tell you, here come the distractions. True or false? Because the enemy knows how powerful it is. It's life changing, transforming. So you're going to go, this is awesome. John chapter one, in the beginning was the word, the word was God. In the beginning, he came. And then all of a sudden, your phone starts blowing up. Oh, I forgot to. Forget to put it on silent, right? Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me just check this. What, what, what you got? Right? The baby, the baby usually wakes up at 6:37. Right when you open up your Bible, right? I'm telling you, the enemy will use all kinds of distractions to get you away from this book. Because this word is sufficient. This word will transform your life. And he wants to keep you from the book. The great, listen, the greatest thing I can do as a pastor is get you fired up about this book. Again, you might not have me the rest of your life. You might not have New Life or Pastor Philip or our life groups. You might get deployed somewhere, but you can always have the word of God. And I'll tell you, if everybody in our church watching online, here in the service, if we can just say, I'm going to be committed to the word of God in 2023. How many know the tide of our church in a year from now? Boom! Not just like reading occasionally once every week or pastor, see better bring something good. I hope Philip's on fire today. No, but if we could all come reading the word of God and then what would happen when we came all fired up with the word of God and then we showed up at church on Sunday morning? How many know that our worship would be different? I've said it, it's like a tailgate. You go to the, like five hours before the game, you're eating, playing volleyball. And stuff. So when the game starts, you're just like, go Raiders! That didn't help you at all, but I mean, sorry, sorry. But man, you're just fired up when the game finally starts because you've been tailgating. Hey, tailgate this week. So when you show up on Sunday, the worship team doesn't have to get you hyped. But the Holy Spirit got you hyped in the word of God. And then you came and you're like, I can't wait to worship him. Stand to your feet, would you? The nice pastor will be that back next Sunday. So important. Let's be people of the word. I want to I memorize verses. Well, you got to memorize verses then. Well, Pastor, I'm not really good at memorizing. Okay, let's all do this. The old people are going to remember this McDonald's. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a set. I can't, I can't memorize it all. I just can't, I can't memorize. You know every storyline. You know every single stat. I really like uh, I really like the movie Dumb and Dumber. I could tell you five or six like my favorite lines. Like, I'm not good at memorizing. You can fire off movie lines. You know lyrics like nobody's business. So here it is: that we would read the Word of God. We would study the Word of God. It's not just enough to read it, but then get out of concordance and ask questions, get online and. The Bible says that study to show yourself, yourself approved. It doesn't say, hey, pastor's leader, you study. No, study to show yourself approved to God. 
a man or woman rightly dividing the word of God. You know, the Bible says that we're supposed to be able to give a defense for our faith. So when a Mormon comes up and says, what's the difference between like what you believe and what we believe? Uh, uh, I'm not listening if you're new. I'm, no judgment. I'm just saying we should be ready to defend. You know, 88, look at me, 80% of born-again believers read the word of God one time or less a week. 80% of them. We wonder why the church of Jesus Christ is famished to read it, study it, memorize it. Just like maybe a verse a day. Meditate on it. And most importantly, do it. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that's here that convicts us. And God, my heart is that anybody listening to this message would not hear condemnation coming from a pastor. But they would sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit to get into the Word of God for ourselves. The health of new life is not going to be what the people can get the pastors and the leaders to do for them, but it's what the pastors can get the people to do for themselves. So God, our goal here at New Life is that we would have people fired up about your word. Reading and studying and meditating and memorizing and applying it to our lives. So God, give us a hunger, we pray. Give us a hunger even right now that even today when we get home, we're going to Instead of watching the news, instead of watching the football game, we're going to open up the Word of God. Help us be committed this year, every single day in 2023, to get into the Word. It might be on our way to the office. We're going to put the Bible on CD or at our lunch break or our 10 minutes. We've got a 10-minute break in the afternoon. We're just going to go sit under a tree for 10 minutes and open up the Word. We want to be people of the book. That's our prayer. It's not by might, it's not by our power, but it's by your spirit, declares the Lord. So God, do that in us and through us. And that New Life Community Church would be a church known for a high commitment to your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. Can we just thank the Lord for his goodness? Come on.